Hey, I'm Christian Bucher, the associate pastor at LFC. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We've been in uh, a series called Unshakable, and today is part five. And uh, we have, we've talked about Noah, we've talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've talked uh, about uh, Esther, and today we're going to talk about Joe. You know Joe. We're not talking about Joe and Mary, Joseph and Mary. We're not talking about that Joe. We're talking about Joseph and the coat of many many colors. And so I'd like for you to grab your copy of God's Word, and I'd like for you to turn to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, and we're going to be hanging out uh, here and really kind of jumping jumping through uh, this, this account. But we start out with seeing Genesis chapter 37, and beginning with verse 2, it says this, this is the account of Jacob and his family. And when Joseph was 17 years old, how many 17-year-olds do I have in the house? Oh, you're so young. You're so young. How many still wish you were 17? No, oh, no, no, no. What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> how many wish you were still 21? Okay, I can agree with that right there. Right there. But when he was 17 years old, the Bible says that he often tended his father's flocks, and he worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpha. But Joseph, Joseph, what he did, he would report to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. He's, he's uh, He's the reporter. He's the tattletale. How many have children that are tattletales, right? How many have children that they get, the one, they get told on all the time, yeah? So he reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. And the Bible says this in verse three, that Jacob loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he had been born to him in an old age. So what did his dad do? So, so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word to him. Have you ever encountered people like that? It didn't matter what someone did. They could not say a kind word, a nice word. If even if they did something great that everyone else acknowledged, there was so much angst. There was so much jealousy and hatred towards that person that they couldn't do anything right. Can I tell you this? This is what I found. Where there are favorites, there's always going to be pain. Hear that? Where there are favorites, there's always going to be always going to be pain involved. 
Now, how many would say that you always knew that you were the favorite? How many people are sitting next to someone that you would say they are absolutely delusional? Right? They're, they, they're <laughs> but it's painful to know that someone else is the, is the better choice. It's painful to know that your parents have a favorite within their children. It's painful. Now, it's not painful to the one who's the favorite, right? We, we would always tell our kids behind each other's back, you know, you know it, that you're our favorite. <laughs> and so when they collaborated one day, <laughs> and then they got in a fight, there's like, no, you're not. Mom and dad told me that I'm the favorite. But remember this, and I, can I just throw this out there? This is, this is free. Be very, very careful whether your parents or grandparents. Be very, very careful not to show partiality to, to one kid or another grandkid or a niece or nephew because there is pain on the other side of that. Be very, very careful. Love your kids to life. Love them. Embrace them. And just, I, I don't I like to say love them to death. Love them to life. Love them to life, all right? So that's the story. That, uh, Joseph got this coat of many colors. So what does this have to do with being unshakable? Well, it's in the story right here because that is the killer part of the story. Wow, I got a great gift. I got a brand new car, right? And no one else got that. Well, Here's the truth about unshakable people. Number one, unshakable people, they're in the loop. How many have ever been in the loop before? How many have ever been out of the loop? How many are sitting next to a fruit loop? (laughs) Breakfast cereals, right? Breakfast cereals are in the house. (laughs) Unshakable people are in the loop. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, look at Genesis chapter 37. We're gonna read this passage of scripture. It says this, one night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, what did they do? They were already jealous. They already hated him. They didn't have a good word to say about it. But God gave him a dream and he told his brothers about it. And the Bible says they hated him even more than ever. He said, listen to this dream. We were out in the field tying tying up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundle uh, stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think that you're gonna be our king, do you? You actually think that you are going to reign over us. And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Well, soon... Soon enough, he had another dream. He had another dream. And this time, he told him about him again. Listen, I had another dream. The sun, the moon, the 11 stars bowed down low before me. And this time, what he did, he didn't only tell his brothers, but he told his father. He told his father, and his, his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? 
Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow on the ground before you? But but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph and hated him all the more, his father wondered what these dreams meant. You see, unshakable people, they may not know what's going on, but they're in the loop. They're in the loop. In other words, God comes and downloads. Sometimes the Lord gives us dreams and visions and revelations of what is to come, and we might not know what those mean, but it's giving us a heads up and a glimpse of what God is getting ready to do. Now, how many people, you've, you've had dreams that are strange like that, and you wondered if it was a spiritual dream? You wonder, what, what, does, what does this mean? Well, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it says this, uh, Ask me, and I will tell you uh, remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. You see, God is in the business of preparing his people because he has a hope for all of us. God is in the business of of giving us vision and dreams and revelation and not leaving us hanging in this hour and in this time and in this season. But I will tell you this, in this season that we are in, in a culture. Can I just challenge you, men and women of God, be very, very careful that your excitement that comes forth because of a revelation that you've given, make sure that it does not come off as self-righteousness to other people because what will happen? They'll hate you all the more. You, you listening to this? And so what he did, he he, he went and God gave him a, a vision. He, he gave him a, a dream. And here's what I found out about God. God doesn't shout his secrets. And what happens is many times we get something from the Lord and we're so excited and we release that into the atmosphere. And I, I'm, I look at it like this. Guys, we got to be very, very careful what we're speaking because people will end up hating instead of turning to Christ. There's a season, there's a moment of release that God gives us. But listen, God doesn't shout his secrets. And unshakable people, they get close enough to God to hear it. What happens if I have a secret, what happens? I got to get really close and say, hey, come here and you whisper it in their ear, right? If you want to tell someone, someone a secret. Now, some people are hard of hearing. You're like, hey, listen. (laughs) It's like people who are talking with the speakerphone on and walking through the grocery store, and you can hear their entire conversation. I just join in with them. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Try that one day if you want to get punched in the face. All right. 
But the Bible is very, very clear that especially in these times, in this season, God is going to be operating more and more in this way. It says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, in the last days, and how many would agree that we are in the last days? Everything is narrowing down. Everything is pushing towards a certain, a certain aspect to where guys watch on the horizon because the Antichrist will be revealed. He is going to be revealed. He's not going to come out with the shirt that says, I am the Antichrist, and then you can buy the shirt. It's, it's, not, it's not going to be like that, but I'm telling you, he will be revealed soon. I believe that with all of my heart because everything right now is in a great melting pot, getting ready for that moment, getting ready for what we just sang. Jesus Christ is going to come back for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. Can I get a witness in the house today? But in the last days in Acts chapter 2, we're talking about unshakable people. They're in the loop. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And your sons and your daughters, what are they going to do? They're going to prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. But can I tell you, when you become an oracle for God, when you lift up your voice and become an oracle for God, listen, people are going to hate you. Can I tell you, don't take it personally because it really isn't about you. It's about the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in you that they are rejecting that they refuse to acknowledge, that they refuse to understand, that they refuse to receive. Now look at this. Jacob's brothers hated him all the more. They were literally overtaken with jealousy. So one day as they were out in the fields, their, their dad decided, hey, you know what, Joseph, I want you to go out. I want you to check on your brothers. Here's some binoculars. Here's, here's Facebook Live, and we're gonna, I, I just want you to report this to me. Here's a Marco Polo. Send it, send it directly to me of what's going on. And so they sent him out, and here he comes. He's like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. All right, he's walking. Oh, you can't tell, by the way. Okay, he's, he's going out. He's, he's, he's having a good time, and he's checking out his, his brothers, and he's walking on the field, and his brothers see him. There he is. Here he comes. Here's the dreamer. Here's the ladies' man. Here's the code of many colors, dude. Woohoo! He's going to tell us another one of his dreams. Can you, can you hear him mocking him? They're seeing him and so here's what happens. They decide, you know what? Let's just be rid of this. Let's just be rid of this boy. We all hate him anyway. Let's just be rid of him. So as soon as he comes up, they, got, they, they took him. They stripped that robe off of him. And you know what they did? They threw him in a cistern. They threw him in an old well. They threw him in there. They were going to kill him. And the Bible even says, then they threw him in the cistern. They sat down and had lunch. 
That's how much and how much they loathed him. And they, did, they absolutely did not care. They threw him in the cistern. They sat down right there. Can you imagine? What if he had he may have hurt himself down in the cistern? Who, who knows? But they, they were talking, and he could hear them. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just contemplating this. He could, he could probably hear them talk about what they're going to do and kill it. And he's begging, come on, guys. Come on, guys. So let, let, let me go. Well, here's what happened. Instead of killing them because they didn't want blood on their hands, they decided they were going to sell them. You know how much they sold him for? They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Ooh, 20 pieces of silver. They sold him for $6.15. I want you to think about that. Oh, well, the economy was different. In today's economy right now, they sold him for $6.14. You know what that tells me? They did not put a high value on his life. They could care less. It was worth the $6.14 to get this kid to shut up because they didn't want to hear him. They did not want to hear what he had to say. So unshakable people, listen, they're in the loop. But here's what I found. If you're in the loop, you're not alone. Unshakable people, they aren't alone. Look at it. He was sold for six fourteen. He got the blue light special from Kmart. How many old enough to remember the blue light specials at Kmart? <laughs> ding, 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 on aisle. You have the blue light going around. Now people would think it's a fire or something. I don't know. On alone. So Joseph, he was sold to, to Midianite, Midianite, Midianite tra, uh, tra, uh, slave traders. He goes in, he's sold again. He was uh, taken to Egypt and he was purchased again. He was sold again to a guy by the name of Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. And look at what it says in verse two. The Lord was what? The Lord was with Joseph. And what happened? He succeeded in everything that he did. Everything that he did in this Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this, that everything he did, he had the Midas touch. And God gave him success in everything that he did. And it pleased Potiphar. So now he made Joseph his personal intendant. He was a slave You tracking with this? He was a slave and now he's putting him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. Everything that he owned. But don't you remember the things that went back over here? The brothers who have sold him into slavery and now he's a slave and now he's in Egypt. He's in a foreign country. He could be scared out of his his mind. But here's what you have to understand. When everything else is going on that sparks fear in everyone else's life, listen, you can be assured that God is with you if you are a child of his. You see, unshakable people know that they're not alone. Well, we see that Lord was with Joseph. Well, not only did Potiphar take notice, but Potiphar's wife took notice. 
They saw that this dude, he had, he had the swag. He had it going on. He was a good-looking dude. And, you know, Potty, he's not even home all the time. Potty, Potiphar, all right. He's not even home, but yet Joseph is, and he's a looker. He is a player. I know he's a player. So here is she takes, takes notice of him, and so what does she do? She tries to get him to sleep with her. And being the person that knows God, that knows God is with him, being the person that gets insider trader information from the Holy Spirit. He said, I cannot do that. That would not be right. That's a sin against my master. That's a sin against my God. Speak to the hand, chickie. Get out. And he just kept avoiding her. Well, one day, she pushes everybody out. He comes in. She grabs his robe, come to bed with me. And he's like, Peace out, Girl Scout. I'm out of here. And he takes off running, and she's got his robe in her hands. Well, she cries wolf, if you will, and tells her husband that he tried to rape me and did all these things because he refused to, to, go, to go to bed with her. So what happens? Potiphar gets mad. He's like, you know what? I put you in charge of everything. Now he throws him in prison. He, go, he goes from the servant boy of his brothers to now getting sold into slavery. Now he is a slave in Potiphar's household. Then he gets moved to the chief household attendant. Now he gets thrown back into prison again. But here's what's inter- interesting. Potiphar was, fu- was furious So he took Joseph and threw him in prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. But what does it say in verse one? What does it say again? But the Lord what? But the Lord was with him even in prison and showed him his faithful love. How in the world can God show his faithful love even in prison? Because Listen, the heart has no walls. The heart, there's, no, there's no prison walls that can keep the love of God out of. There's, there's, no, there, there's no walls. There's no amount of barbed wire. There's no amount of security system that can keep the love of God out. You see, God was, God was with him. But before long, the warden, he put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything in the prison. The warden had no worries because Joseph took care of everything. Why? Because he was a good organizer? You know what? We need to rearrange the the torture chamber a little bit, and let's get some more space, and let's get all this. Was it because of that? No, it says this. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You see, unshakable people, they are not alone because God is with them. Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes before you because he will never leave you nor will he ever 
forsake you. Can I suggest to you this? Some of you in, in your life, people have left you left and right, and you apply that same situation to the presence of God. Can I tell you, you need to stop doing that because God are not, is not like the people who have left you. He is not a backstabber. He is not a gossip. He's not the one destroying your reputation. God is the one that desires to lift you up out of the miry clay and set your feet upon the rock that is Jesus. So stop putting other people's issues right up with God himself. Completely separate. If you're with me, say amen. I love it in Psalm 23 says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? How is it that I can fear no evil? Why? Because you are with me. Somebody say, God, I know you're with me. John chapter 14, it says this, if you love me, obey my commandments. Isn't that interesting? There's a lot of people that say in this world that they love God, but they do not obey his word. They're contradicting God's word. They're accepting things in this world that are completely contrary, and what is happening is they're finding themselves coming into agreement with satanic principles. You see, when you come into agreement and you agree with Satan, you're in trouble. The things of this world, the, the, the delusion that's happening across this world, when you come into an agreement with Satan, I guarantee you it's con- contradicting God's word. You need to rearrange the way you think. John 14, if you love me, obey my commands. And then it says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you and now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you. This is God speaking. I'm not going to abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, as an unshakable person, you just simply know that God is with you. How many would acknowledge today that even though you go through situations that are rough in this life, you have this this peace that only comes from the Holy Spirit and you just walking through this situation with you. He's helping to walk you right through. You see, unshakable people, they aren't alone. And number three, unshakable people, they walk out their destiny. That's what unshakable people do. They walk out their destiny. Well, old Joe was in prison, right? He was falsely accused. How many have ever been falsely accused of something? Mm-hmm. Falsely accused, got thrown into prison, The prison ward recognized it. Isn't it funny when the world recognizes that God is with you and sometimes we can't? Think about that one. So he puts him in the the place of authority. The next thing you know, and these these are the king's prisoners, 
There's a chief cupbearer, and you know, there's there's these guys that are there. That's there's a baker and all these a candlestick maker and the cow that jumped over the moon. They were all in there. They both had dreams, and all these dreams came to pass. And he said, "Hey, listen, guys, remember me. Remember me when all these things come to pass." Well, he was in there another two years. He was in there another two years, and now Pharaoh has a dream. And he is disturbed by this dream, and he didn't know what it meant. Well, all of a sudden, someone remembered that there was this Hebrew dude down in prison that told me everything my my dreams meant. Joseph comes up, interprets the dream. He tells Pharaoh what he's supposed to do, and it says this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, listen, today... I put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh removed a signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger, and he dressed him in fine linen clothing and hold a, uh, hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, Kneel down! So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt, and Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. David Gusick commentary, and I love this, he had this to say about it. Joseph had now gone from the pit to the pinnacle, but it took some 13 years to happen. From the outside, Joseph looked like an immediate success, but it was more than 13 years in the making. You see, when you look at somebody in their success, when you look at somebody, when you say that they have arrived, you have absolutely no idea the darkness, the prison, the hell that they have had to walk through to get to that place. And sometimes God allows us to go through situations. Sometimes God allows us, but we, we just read it, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not going to fear this thing. I'm not going to fear what's coming because, God, I know that you are with me. But see, Joseph could have been mad. He could have been mad at his brothers. He could have been mad that no one came to rescue him. He could have been mad at Potiphar's wife. He could have been mad at Potiphar. He could have been mad at the prison guard. He could have been mad at the chief cupbearer. He could have been mad at a lot of things. But you see, unshakable people, they just walk out their destiny. They just walk out their destiny. God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep pressing into the things of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. That's unshakable people. But there's two things that I want to point to your attention this morning. Something that God showed me. In Genesis 37, 
verse 3. What did it say? Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because they had been born to him in this old age. So one day Jacob gave him a beautiful robe. This robe represents the love of a father. But for other people, this robe represents resentment. This robe represents bitterness and, and, and anger and, and frustration. They took this robe and they shredded it and they dipped it in blood and, and, told, and, and covered up their tracks and told their father that some, we found this, pops, we found this right here because they were so jealous. Can you think, are, are they gonna kill each other off? Who's gonna be the new favorite now? But here's Joseph. Joseph was away from this. Joseph was away from, from, from what he knew to his father's love. He was in the pit of despair. He was in a dungeon. He was a slave. He went from the father's love to something that was, was less and that was thrown down on the ground. Do you see that? That robe resembles resentment. That robe resembles pain. That robe resembles frustration and bitterness and anger. That robe represents the past. But skip forward to the end of the story. There's something else. In Genesis chapter 41, it says, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh went and he removed the signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's finger. Okay, he gave him, he, he gave him, he gave him some bling. You don't understand. The signet ring represented royalty. The signet ring represented the, the power and the authority that was given. Nobody else in all the land had Pharaoh's signet ring. Only the slave boy, only the boy that was given visions and dreams and revelation. No one else in the entire land was given but you see, the signet ring is just more than just saying, okay, I've got the, the power and the keys to the kingdom. The signet ring was used to seal documents. And whenever a document was sealed with a signet ring, it put the seal of ownership that this is a direct order from Pharaoh himself. He had all the power and all the authority. But can I submit to you today, God is wanting to give you his signet ring, his power, and his authority, but some of you have not picked up the ring because you're still trying to pick up the pieces of the robe. This robe will keep you in bondage. The pain of the past, the rejection of people. And God is saying, if you will just let it go, I will give you 
will give you the sign of my love. I'll give you the sign of my mercy. I will give you the sign of my grace. And when you have this, you can walk in power and authority. But in order to have this, you're going to have to let go of that. And so many people are still so stuck in the past. This is what someone did to me years ago. This is the issues that happened so many years ago. Someone lied to me. But you can't let go because you're cherishing it. Can I tell you, this is not a, a robe of many colors any longer. You're still looking and trying to find some good left in this. When God's saying, don't you understand? If you continue to hold on to this, you'll never be able to walk in your destiny. And some people, you've got to learn to forgive yourself. Because if you don't forgive yourself, you're still holding on to this. Let it go. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because at the end of the day, all these are right here. It's a robe of rags when God is calling you to put on the ring of righteousness. Second Corinthians, it says this. Now it's God who makes both of us and you stand firm. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership upon us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Some of you are stuck today trying to piece back together a bunch of old rags trying to make sense of it. Guys, can I tell you, there's some things in this life that you're just never going to be able to wrap your brain around. Give it up. Come to the altar. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I'm trading that in. I'm trading that in for the seal of your ownership. But you're going to have to be the one to do it. And if you will, God will help you to be unshakable.